Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Ian. This is Paul Damien. And this is Kenny. And this week we're talking about Once in Future, issues 1 through 12 by Kieran Gillen and Dan Mora. Colors by uh, Tamara Bonvillain, I believe. And so... Uh, it's a gorgeous looking book. Did those you colors. Kamora is a Bond villain. <laughs> so I think it's Tamara. Tamara. Ta- yeah, it's like Tamara. I, I, I heard Bond something villain. completely. <laughs> you, she, heard, you heard Legend of Tamara. But they're I'm they're a Bond villain. Yeah. They are a Bond. She a is. Bond a, I mean, she is a Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> God, and then these and then these covers by Dan Mora too. Yeah, the oh covers. Holy shit! They're like half the reason this book is great. I mean, yeah. it is a great book. But so I mean, y'all these, can take these a look covers. at my. Uh, wallpaper on oh my shit hey. <laughs> it's uh it's duncan returning the the sword oh. from the no that's the the ladies of the lake giving him oh the it sword. is yeah. okay initially giving it to him okay well let's let's get into it yeah issues one through twelve uh the first six issues are kind of an introduction into what we're basically getting into mm-hmm. and then literally issues seven through twelve is a complete in my opinion upend on what we would assume the next six issues would be about. Um, so you guys want to get into it? Yeah. Well, I I really wanted to because uh, I I actually really got into the comic. I, uh-huh. I really enjoyed it. Um, and yes, guys, I did finish the comic <laughs> <laughs> or what we were having to read. Yes. Um, but when I finished it, oh, thank you, thank you. I needed more. I really felt like I needed more. I wanted right. to read more of this comic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I was just curious, like, what was the reason we didn't read all 18 issues that are out? Why, why did we stop at 12? Mm, it's, I, I felt like the first 12 issues, I remember when they were coming out and I remember people talking about how it kind of felt like after issue 12, it felt like the end of like the first, like, cause season, uh, yeah, the first season. Yeah. If, if okay. we were to like relate this to television and since issue, I believe 19, it comes out. At the time of recording this, uh, like in a couple of days. Oh, okay. I was like, why would we continue reading the next six issues whenever I felt like, you know, there was more to be coming out? In about five weeks. Or is it coming out weekly right now? No, no, it's coming out monthly. Or monthly. So, you know, in in a half a year, we'll have the other 12 issues that we can then kind of maybe dwell back into. Yeah, and then we'll do an episode then. That's super exciting. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of do that with a lot of these. Like, I want to do that with Invincible. I think Mm -hmm. come our November episodes, I think we'll be returning to Invincible a little bit. Maybe dive back into that and see you'll be able to catch up to where we're at in Invincible. Yeah. Because that's something I've been really kind of chomping at the bit to get back into. I felt very much that way by the the end of the 12 issues reading that, where it was very much like... uh God, I need more of this, you know? Yeah. And so, well, we have to kind of put it down because of this podcast and, you know, moving on through reading other things, you know, I just don't have time to read, you know, five comic books a week. Right, um, exactly. But, <laughs> no, but I, I love that you enjoyed this so much and were so prepared to want to read more of it because I agree. I think this was such a great comic book to like, uh, that's so approachable. And like, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people could pick this up and really enjoy it mm-hmm. without even needing the context of like the stories that it's attempting to delve in and stuff. Right. Cause I don't know my Arthurian lore that much, you know, and even still I was able to kind of follow along with this very happily, you know, I'm a, I'm a really big lore kind of guy. I love looking back on mythology, all of different lore for anything, whether it's like 
fucking Star Wars or, or the like 300 Spartans. Yeah, literally anything. There was actually 306 and, of them. It's oh my god. <laughs> Is that for real? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> Way to drop the ball, Frank Miller. <laughs> what what a fucking loser. 300 so much cleaner, you know what I mean? It's like, why'd they bring those other six assholes? You know, they should just cut it off at 300. Oh, but I, I, <laughs> I knew a lot of these um, like stories and stuff that were okay, in cool. the comic and i think that's what helped drive my yeah, fascination with this comic i was worried because this movie narratively is driven by gran which mm-hmm. is our main character you mean comics. i love her yes what I did i say movie oh i didn't mean to call it a movie sorry right. yeah. it runs like a movie it does it's <laughs> it's very fast paced yeah. well it does run like a tv show more like it that's how i would imagine that's it. that's good but i I wanted to talk about that because it felt like every two issues felt like an episode Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it was so fast moving that whenever an issue ended, it felt like, huh, that was already 22 pages. Yes. You know what I mean? Or 20 pages or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Whatever the page count is on this, on this book. Um, So it, it was interesting that it, it felt faster in that way. Whereas it it felt like every two issues was one issue, one episode sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But the what to go back to my original point, the grandmother, Gran. Um, do we get her first name? We I think must we just have. get her as oh, they do. They call her Beatrice. I, I think that's right. That's what they call her in the, the house, the nursing name. home. Yeah, and but I think mm. we even get a hint that that's not her real name because they oh, call her right. something else at some point. And he's like, Oh, I mean, Beatrice, you know, like they, yeah. so she's just a yeah, she's full we, of she's, secrets. She's Gran, the yeah. woman, the lady of many <laughs> secrets is yeah, what we find out about her, but she's kind of the thing that narratively propels the first six issues quite literally too literally yeah yeah, to the point where she's almost like the narrative over what we're experiencing and she had so much to say and there was so much to parse through that i was worried the whole arthurian legend area of our expertise was going to be lacking Mm -hmm. and it was going to be hard to follow how did you guys feel about this well, like I said earlier, my Martharian knowledge wasn't that great, but I was still able to parse it and, you know, yeah. enjoy this. And mm-hmm. I think they did a great job of, like, delving into these lores, but in, like, a shallow enough way that, like, are recognizable. Like, right. things like Excalibur. I'm lucky enough to have read Beowulf and Gren- oh, yeah. Grendel, the right. book that are they're based on. So that was something I was definitely more familiar with in mm-hmm. the latter parts of the issues. Um, but no, I think they did a great job. Um, you so know, you were able to make, follow along pretty make, well. Yeah, absolutely. What okay. about you? What about you? <laughs> um, personally, myself, I I did struggle a little bit because I I knew names and I knew I mean, roles, but Arthurian lore has been retold and told so many times. There's no like definitive idea of these characters, right. and they they kind of do that with how they pass along roles to each other, where they're all playing parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like the idea yeah. that these aren't necessarily people so much as positions to be filled you know so so yeah i love that about this (laughs) Uh the fact that um this isn't they're not monsters or like um these mythological people coming back or like gods or yeah literally like their stories that these that humans since they tell the stories and believe in the stories are giving the stories power to oh we're bringing them to life by just believing them you know that's why it's very anime in a way that's why everything can be changed so easily and the stories as they say it can get all mixed up Mm -hmm. that's why arthur doesn't know which 
version like, of him he's supposed to be exactly. because there's been so many re- there's so many believed versions of mm-hmm. him probably out there you know like different groups have different and ideologies that's also why at the beginning arthur recognized or like knows who merlin is oh right but then he has they go basically rewrite him yeah mm-hmm. and he has to learn who merlin is from the beginning you mm-hmm. know yeah so no that's very true how did you feel about the character design for the like arthur and his few knights that he was able to resurrect i okay so i liked the way galahad looked oh right while I, he was human while he was human good galahad yeah <laughs> ha- really, handsome galahad <laughs> i really wanted them to do more with that instead of just change him to zombie man yeah he but, went from galaglad to galasad <laughs> very fast <laughs> yeah well, every once in a while, though, in the comic, he was Galamad. Yeah. <laughs> you Galamad, bro? Yeah. He's <laughs> No, yeah, when Galahad and Duncan first encountered in Otherworld, is that what it was called? Yeah. Um, they He, like, f- flipped on a dime, and it was like, Duncan was like, oh, you... You are crazier than I thought. <laughs> like, there is no getting through to this facade. Speaking of Otherworld, I loved how they portray every time they go to Otherworld. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. just like little light bubbles mm-hmm. just everywhere. And you're like, oh, they're in Otherworld. And I'd, I'd like, like to down. attribute that to Tamara Bond villain. That's why I kind of wanted to bring her up oh, at yeah. the very oh. beginning. Because I feel like that was all in the colors, you know? Yeah, yeah. that was cool. her choice. I mean, there was a little dialogue of it later on where no, you know, I liked that they got brought up. But I feel like that was probably something that came later as they were writing. And mm-hmm. they were like, that's such a good idea that there's like a little bit of effect whenever the shit's yeah. coming on, you know? And I, then, I love the artwork in this, but the thing that really got me is the colors. Colors. Yeah, for like, sure. Honestly, like... There's so much like dark colors in here that whenever they use the brighter tones, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it pops so well. Yeah. I agree with that completely. Um, Kenny, how did you feel about the design of Arthur and his knights? So, I mean, I, I thought they were cool. Merlin was the one for me. Oh, I yeah. fucking loved the design yeah. of Merlin. I think he's sick. I like that he's like this kind of like late. Like when we see him and chilling at the bar, I think I took, a, yeah. I thought I took a <laughs> screenshot of it, but he's like kind of hanging back and has the wine and he just looks badass and he has like a sickle he's like he's somewhere between like the grim reaper and Mm -hmm. and, like a wizard and i think that's such a badass like way that he would be in this kind of undead form yeah no for sure i mean that was the one character model that really stood out for me beyond how they decided to represent grindel and grindel's mom which Mm -hmm. were just like pure monster yeah yeah. almost like venom and venom's mom. yeah we're i mean (laughs) before this i feel like in most interpretations grindel's kind of uh shown as like more much more human-esque you know what i mean okay. he's usually more like of like a persona you know a for giant some reason persona, i remember grendel monster. grendel being like a like furry or he's like, like a big troll almost like oh, that's what okay, i'm getting yeah. at you know he's like a he's like a an elephantized human of sorts he's got like misshapen parts but he's also ginormous you know yeah so it was like a very it was very interesting to see like big hulk you know right. abomination Grendel comes smashing through the walls and they'd be like, that's what this is is now. Yeah. I so. loved seeing um, Beowulf perform the Grendel story with um, one of our main protagonists. What What's his name? Was it Duncan? Duncan. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, trying to tear off one of his arms where he's like, he's got two yeah. strong arms. I think I'll take one. Yeah, and he breaks like, the arm. Part of the it, was, it was almost like foreshadowing yeah. that because I know jack shit about Beowulf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I kind of told you all about it today yeah. waiting for this, right? Um, you, should, you should watch the movie. For the podcast? 
Let's do it. We could definitely do that. We could do Beowulf. I actually really like that movie. But I really like that fight bad. we got between yes. that little fight we got between Arthur oh, yeah. and Beowulf. That was one of my kind of things. I was like kind of on the edge of my seat reading the mm-hmm. comic a little while ago. Oh, it's getting hot and heavy now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just think that's like a, kind of a crazy uh, something makes me want to have like an Arthurian fighting game. Oh, you know, I want I want undead King Arthur versus Beowulf. You know, like that sounds like a, a sick matchup. <laughs> anyway. Um, I. I wanted to talk about the design, I guess, of mm. King Arthur, since neither of you guys talked on it at Sorry. all. I, I, I liked his original design when he came I know, back talked, to life. Yeah. You talked about Galahad about and I it. talked about <laughs> Merlin. You're like, someone talk about King Arthur. <laughs> I wanted to kind of direct this to be the first six uh, issues on the first half of this episode, and then we'd go to the second half during the second half. Uh, but that's fine. No, um, no. Bro, we <laughs> jump around in this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but I mean, I love the way King Arthur fucking looks in this, where he looks like a Grim Reaper. He has like fucking horns coming through his hood. He just looks so fucking dope. I, I love it. It's, it's he's such like the, a neat idea. And he's got, I love that the green is the accent that they chose to, to put on him. I was going to say, I love that his power is green. It like adds mm-hmm. such a way that he doesn't, it doesn't make him feel totally evil, but he mm-hmm. is also horribly menacing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a perfect balance where it's like, this would be what once was a hero rebirthed into what is now like kind of an undead unsure what he is kind of monstrosity yeah i think it's sick i really think the combination of art and coloring just makes this land and why you're burning through 20 pages so fast because it's both so gorgeous to look at but instantly digestible and you know we just read kingdom come last week with alex ross um which is the kind of the opposite you know it's like gorgeous pictures but takes it takes five minutes to look at the whole photo you know yeah. i mean there's no way you're gonna look at it and move on this it's like oh my god look how cool that looks done you know yeah. like <laughs> moving on you know and but in the best kind of way you know yeah, that you, it, it you, propels you forward in the story rather than making you sit back and, and have to analyze every piece of, of exactly it. Um, no, yeah, Paul Damien's showing me, <laughs> he's showing me when Arthur first kind of gets resurrection, resurrectioned, and, um. <laughs> he's very Night King-esque in a way, just not frozen. Yeah, but he's, he's without the cloak. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is. Cooler. The better version. Like, okay. I, I really liked the way he looked right here. I didn't care for the cloak. Do you think um, the cloak makes him look more like a, I almost used the word Like minion. a punk-ass bitch? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he looks, he looks like. He looks like a non-character with the cloak, mm. I guess, is, is a good yes. argument. Because he, he doesn't, there's nothing that signifies that he's not just like some sort of jogger that you just knock over in the beginning of the, the quest. Well, yeah. my thing was that I saw him, like, once he had the cloak, I kind of saw him like, oh, that's that's Taskmaster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, so yeah, I mean, I mean that's kind of true. Um, Interesting. But right here where he's resurrecting them mm-hmm. um i was like holy shit that's badass man <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that whole scene where um what is her name what is duncan's mother's bridget? name bridget is is it bridget she or ends is... up going going by three names the only one i can think of is um, Nimue. yeah Nimue. Yeah, Nimue. Yeah, elaine oh elaine no is elaine the grandmother no elaine is her oh, yeah it's her and i think it was bridget is it was bridget? her actual name so then, what was Grant's name? Was I guess Grant it doesn't really. I said matter. Beatrice earlier. Oh, Beatrice. I, okay, I, I think I got Bri- Beatrice yeah. and, and Bridget mixed up. Okay, well, regardless, she she takes it upon herself to resurrect King Arthur, and do we really get a motive or understanding on why? Not at least in these first yes, twelve issues. We do and we don't. And so, what it all went back to was uh-huh. um, the grandpa. Oh right, right, right. Um, so he wanted. 
our surrogate Fisher King. Yeah, well, he wanted to, um, what's it called? The family was basically the family business of Monster Honey. Right. Was essentially going to die with him. Right. With him and his wife. A grand. Right. So Gramp and Grand. Yeah, Gramp and Grand. And so he wanted to he thought of a new way to bring the stories back, bring the legends back. So And have something for them to do. Yeah. And so that's when he proposed the idea to Gran and she shot him in the crotch. Which does make her him the Fisher King, because yeah. yeah. <laughs> As legend goes. Yes. Um no, so then do you could we argue that it's possible that the only reason that they had monsters to begin with was because they believed so harshly in books like Dracula and Frankenstein and shit exactly. like that? Exactly. Yeah. That's like we that's create really our own monsters, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, oh wow. I thought that was a really interesting take on this comic because mm-hmm. it, you can do anything now. And how these you know what I mean? things could die out because people just stop believing in a modern era. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We stop believing Santa Claus is real, so now no kids get presents under their <laughs> tree anymore. Speaking of Santa and then Claus. Gran has to go around and give everybody presents. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Santa Claus, Dan Mora writes, or no, he's, he draws a book with Grant Morrison oh. called Claus where... There is a it's Santa Claus before he's Santa. He Claus. He loves gingers. <laughs> That's kind of cool. And and he has black hair actually. And he's a he looks like a badass fucking inaccurate. <laughs> Christopher Kringle is a ginger. They're <laughs> never being represented in media correctly. I, I mean, you got Duncan. I need to call somebody. Yeah, you've got Duncan, and he's pretty badass. One comic book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have Mad Murdoch, and that's all that matters. <laughs> I, so let's talk about Duncan. How do you guys feel about Duncan? I was really happy that he was Percival. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I didn't understand the relevance of it. That Okay, so those are character, two, two characters. Galahad? That didn't matter. No, Galahad I know. Oh. Percival is like, a, I guess the backstory of him being like the innocent one was something that I was like, I, I'm well, sure. He was the first to the... Uh, to the grill? First to the grill. Anyway, yeah. uh, but then Boars. I don't know who Boars yeah, is I either. Know, and that's yeah. like the big plot twist of, the, of mm-hmm. what we finished reading. I'm like... I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I wish it was Gawain because I think Gawain's one of the first that um, he rose. Arthur yeah, he rises out of Gawain. those terrorist guys. Which, by the way, they look like king douches. The like four or five guys <laughs> that were with uh, Bridget. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good thing they die assholes, instantly, man. dude. They die so badass too. Like he just like just runs his like sword through yeah, them like they're nothing. Like Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> you can't say half. that. That's a slur. What? Oh. I'm just kidding. Anglo Sexton? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Anglo Sexton. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, I mean it it's it's pretty cool. I don't know. Um I, I do like that he's Percival. I like that there was a Galahad. Do mm. you think we will we must we're su- yeah, we so should we're be, be getting a Lancelot, Duncan. right? Um no. We don't need a Lancelot. Well, Lancelot would have been Galahad's so. yeah. father. Lancelot yes. was Galahad's father. So unless that character becomes and, relevant um, to the Lancelot story. might essentially yeah, be dead at this point. In, for for I think, story purposes. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, but I, mean? I think in legend Lancelot and Arthur have kind of like a a falling out because um Well yeah. yeah Lancelot yeah. sleeps <laughs> with cuckolded <laughs> him. Exactly. <laughs> Is that how is that how Galahad comes to be? Or no, Galahad's from another mother, right? No. Yeah, yeah that's how Galahad comes to be. Oh, it is? So, yeah. okay, wow, interesting. That's but, crazy to think about. And then Galahad, um, I'm pretty sure Galahad kills Arthur, King Arthur. Oh, really? In the end. In, in some of the stories. In, yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, to talk about Duncan a yeah. little bit more. Because yeah. like that. I really liked reading this as a ginger guy. It was basically like reading me on <laughs> panel, you know, which was kind of dope. There was definitely some times that it just felt cool to like kind of have like this super redheaded guy that has a little bit of familiarity to me anyway. It was yeah. buff um, Yeah, it's basically <laughs> buff, buff, buff me. Um, but I liked his, I liked the idea of his character set and the idea that, um, you know, it's very confusing on why all of this information would be would have been kept from his mm-hmm. entire life. So that was like a little bit of a frustrating choice for me reading the book. I was like, they better have a good ass reason that he couldn't know any of this shit. And I think that it's like a fair enough thing that if this Percival character had to be this innocent, mm-hmm. away from it all person, then that is like a, the one good get out of jail free card she could have had to be like, I had to just keep you safe. And never let you know about any of it. So you could literally become this role, you right. know, like it's like positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I liked that idea of him being like just just truly it, it creates this easy arc where they can have a genuinely like noble guy, you know, who just wants to do good and be kind of overpowered because she's like exactly has excuses like oh, I just had him working out in the woods. Yeah. His whole childhood, you know, she can just put a hand on her fist <laughs> fist on her hip and she can be done with it you know yeah. i like the grand character and yeah. i liked her as a a, a narr- narrative device tool in this exactly the first six issues she literally is driving our story forward with a gun mm-hmm. you know and i like having that's that a good, uh, that's a good yeah <laughs> that's a good way to put it she's forcing us <laughs> she's forcing forward. us forward with duncan <laughs> just quite just literally like she does to everybody in the comics yeah. but i like i always like having those kind of older badass characters in media like this and i think gran is a good interpretation of that where she's kind of balanced and mm-hmm. like they keep reminding you that she is an old lady and capable of doing these things anymore but is she is she's more of a knowledge source than like a powerhouse but she still comes in when she needs to but, like <laughs> Yeah. I yeah. love how snippy she is at anything anybody has to say about <laughs> anything. Yeah. And she's just a she's kind of like mean to everyone, you know, yeah. like a yeah. mean old lady. Like she's she's mean and nice and at the same time. It's interesting that once her and Duncan have a slight falling out, that's when she starts being nicer You're to like warming up yeah. to all of her like cohorts at the nursing home. Um I want to talk about kind of some glaring uh stereo what's the word i'm trying to think of archetypes archetypes yeah but like standard ideas of these characters that weren't present in this book oh uh, stereotypes that's what i was trying to say obviously okay um our standard archetypes even right no but the stereotype that gran would die oh or that rose might be on the inside or a traitor how did you feel about this book doing neither of these things because I was pleasantly surprised personally. I, I was, I was, I was like, damn! I can't believe like Grand hasn't kicked the the shit yet, or you know that Rose is still so like so detached from the story and yeah. the book, and somehow not a traitor. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I'm trying I to say? I understand what you, No, I definitely understand. Mm-hmm. Like, she's important to them, but not so important that she couldn't, like, flip the switch on them and it be both detrimental to them, but easily kind of like manageable for her characters. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I never. You never got that read. I, I'm now that you mentioned, I'm like, I'm surprised I didn't, but I feel like they haven't reached. I think we're definitely going to have dead grand oh. sooner than later. You know what I mean? Would be my yeah. guess and how the story's going. I just think we haven't quite reached that point where they can have like that full emotional climax, especially and, yeah. with where her and Duncan's relationship is. is at. I think there's going to be some point where they're going to like, re- it's going to, they're going to reach that point of understanding with each other and acceptance. And then it's going to be like, 
yeah. knife through the chest or you know like sword it's and it's gonna hurt us right through her because yeah. we've already invested into 36 issues of this book or exactly. some exactly yeah i'm going to be so disappointed it's gonna be too convenient <laughs> when she dies if she dies <laughs> to, be, to be continued with her being yeah. lifted up by a sword like, yeah. <laughs> when she almost died in the comics i was like oh shit <laughs> so you were you were She's terrified my of that character yeah no for in, sure in no, i could feel the punches so. being pulled a little bit as far as our main yeah. cast went you know what i mean and the fact that duncan particularly felt a little invincible like mm-hmm. especially when he jumped into other world the first time i felt like that was such i felt like that should have been a little bit more of a challenge for him than running in there running into his brother who has yeah. a giant ass sword and then he was able to just kind of be like one punch yeah <laughs> like i was like dang he got, a, a rugby player, he got off man. that real easy i know but he's still, a rugby player galahad has been training his whole life as a knight yeah, but he has sword. I think in. it was like wax arrogant. on, wax off training that Gran was giving Duncan. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely, I agree with that. But at the same time, it's not like Galahad is inexperienced. Is my point? No, um, very but, true. But back to your point, as far as Rose went, mm-hmm. um, I I can see how she would have been extremely detrimental to their position. Okay. If, if she had turned, no, yeah, size. definitely. I I wouldn't have seen her changing size. I didn't see you didn't that see coming it. at all. See, I see. I like guess if it was a possibility. Yeah, I I guess You're just I'm, always seeing the worst thing coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm always cursed with seeing like, well, how how are they going to try and tra- turn this on us? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and I was very happy that there wasn't any like, haha, plot twist. You <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. except for I guess Beowulf Wolf showing up later. But you know, it's mm-hmm. just like. I really expected this this book to try and turn its heels on us at any point, and the only real heel turn it did was that, oh, look, knights are real and Arthur's back from the dead. The one time I think it genuinely surprised me was that it was willing to kill so many of the elders in the oh, house. Right. And I'm sorry to go back on the ending a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> um, it was willing to kill so many of the elders in the house at the end. Of, you know, like when we find out that he's like, mm. then you know, Grindel's mom shows up and then he just gets <laughs> ripped in half right in that moment. I was like, damn, they don't give a shit about these fucking people. All right. If we're going to talk about this part, I have to talk about uh, two of the cops. Oh, oh <laughs> you're going to bring it up early. You know what? Let's take a quick break. And okay, then when we'll we come back, the we'll talk about the Beowulf half yes. of the story. Uh, we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like triple double. <laughs> it's like triple. All right, guys. Welcome back to Who Watches Watchers. <laughs> Just had to get a little Santana in us, you know? Because we were talking about Santana Claus well, earlier. <laughs> God damn it. Santana Claus. Oh, no. I'm sure someone's <laughs> called him that at a, like, a party or something one a, time. Can I have oh, a they black called magic him Christmas? Face? <laughs> yeah, like it was a Christmas party or something that he happened to be there. Oh, God, that's Come so Come on, good. put on the costume. You got to be the Santana Claus. <laughs> <laughs> He's had say, to call himself that at some point, I have to believe. Did He's you like, say black magic Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. This episode has nothing to do with Santana. We're talking about Santana. Santana Claus, get her right. No, we're talking about Once in Future Past. What are you talking yeah. about? Once in Future Past? Uh, the Christmas, or the ghost of Once in, once in Future. <laughs> All um, right, so yeah, we're talking about Once in Future. <laughs> we're talking about the Beowulf half of this book. Yeah. First, uh, this is issues 7 through 12. <laughs> Um, I think it's the... called Old English in subtitles. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, I think that's like the Ark's name. Got you. 
And, and this so, was the side I knew more of, like, the, the lore legend. and the legend yeah. of, so I was a little bit more into, because I was like, oh, Beowulf. But also, I've, I can argue that this half felt more um, action-oriented than the first half, where the first half had to kind of really explain everything that was going on, while this half mm-hmm. was, like, building up to something, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And and just, I'm super excited to get back to talking about this, <laughs> but... We get um, the guys from Hot Fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't for the life of me remember their names. What are the actors' names? Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yeah. There we go. They have so, a cameo in this So movie. they have a cameo in this movie. Or this, book. this book. <laughs> <laughs> this book. Yeah. And they're killed immediately. Yeah. Um, we but get what I love... Two panels, yeah. basically. I actually kind of... I, I got... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I got excited before they even showed up because I, I was like... That's funny because they kind of make a foreshadow to it. Yeah, they say hot fuzz. They say hot. Yeah, so they're talking. I didn't see that. Really, Uh it's when Duncan's talking on the phone with Rose, Uh and he's heading over to the house, and he has that guy at gunpoint (laughs) driving over the fucking Uber driver. And so she says, "I've told the local cops to stay back, uh, back citing the issue regulations, but they are nearby in all their hot fuzzy Somerset glory." Yep. Yeah, so it was almost foreshadowing yeah. that these See, these knuckleheads would show up. I would have never even. I feel like I've seen that as a foreshadow to this situation. That's it, so funny. They all put that together. It's kind of funny because I says, immediately thought of that movie. But you know what? I'll <laughs> yeah, blame something we're going to talk about in a oh, minute yeah. on why I feel that way. But absolutely, no, it's such a great. It was such a great cameo, and I'm glad that we all probably stopped and were like, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, is that what's happening right now?" <laughs> But well, and it's the fact that there's also a third with them who's not, I don't think, anybody from the movie. She might be. I kind of remember I a redhead. Is. And so that was the only thing. I don't remember her. So I was a little thrown off on, like, you know, we obviously, they're the iconic ones mm-hmm, to recognize. Mm-hmm. So if it had just definitely been the two of them, I feel like that had no doubt right out the gate. I'm like, oh, they literally drew Simon Pegg yeah. right in this book. <laughs> but it took me a moment to even believe I was seeing what I was seeing, you know? <laughs> Were you disappointed that they died? Nah. I, I- Thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Okay. I low key was like, I wouldn't mind having some cop characters in this movie or in this book. I keep wanting to call it a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. I mean, I really liked that they showed up in this. I like uh, Beowulf in this. I like that. Oh, dude. It's whenever they kind of rewrite um, King Arthur's kind of psyche at the mm-hmm. end of the first arc, it introduces the idea that. Almost anything that is literature can now be propelled into this world, yeah. and everyone's kind of playing roles because of it. What is that movie with Brendan Fraser that's like that? Monkey Bone? No, there's a. <laughs> oh, is it not even Brendan Fraser? I'm gonna look it up. The movie I'm yeah, thinking right now. You can look it up. There's a movie that's like that where they everything every book they read it like comes into the real world. Is and... it Stranger Than Fiction? No, that's no. that's uh, Will. So Will for, uh, anyway, Farrell. I'll find it. What I think is really cool, like you were mm-hmm. saying. Um, that any mythological story can essentially become real, what it seems like in this comic. And I'm going to go back to when we talked about Loki. Oh, okay. And they talked about um, like uh, Sigurd. Uh, right, yeah. So Sigurd is a Nordic hero, and so they could even bring him mm-hmm. back. Oh, my God. I wanted to talk about comic. this. Um, who you, would you want to see mythological or i guess legendary characters like sigurd or would you Mm -hmm. rather see i i'd kind of rather see stuff that's um because like sigurd the idea behind sigurd is it's almost possible that it was a real man yeah and i want to see stuff like beowulf where it's almost impossible that that was a real man well well, i mean but sigurd's also kind of like mythological to the sense where he becomes an immortal so kind of like hercules 
Um, <laughs> kind of, I guess. <laughs> but Hercules like becomes a god. Sigurd like drinks dragon blood and eats yeah. dragon flesh <laughs> and becomes immortal. So you th- do you think there's no bit of Sigurd that's probably based in any sort of reality? Um, like Paul Bunyan. What Paul Bunyan? Yeah, who's a fictional character we'd like to see just show up in this book just for shoots and gaggles? I mean, um, there might have been a hero named Sigurd, and he was all, "I'm fucking immortal. Yeah, I killed a dragon." Well, because you know? I guess my whole idea is that King Arthur. No one knows if this really fucking happened or not yeah, because right. the story has been told so many fucking times, and everyone's put their own like OC characters in there. Like, kind of like the Bible? Kind of like the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I like the idea of that maybe King Arthur, there's some kind of validity to it. Yeah. But at oh, the yeah. same time, I would like to see more fantastical things show up in here, especially stuff that isn't already done to death like Thor and Loki or yeah. Hercules or, you know what I mean? That's well, when I saw Beowulf, I was... I wanted to see a dragon. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what we're, they even kind of hint that we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why this was a little fresh for us because we're so used to the more Nordic side of these mm-hmm. mythology, you know, the or European. Even Greek and Rom- yeah, Roman. And those mm-hmm. sides of the European mythologies. So Arthurian's like something we don't dwell in so much. So it was so much more of a fresh take yeah, instead of reading about Sif and Thor and, yeah. you know, Heimdall. We're reading about fucking Merlin, which I yeah. once again was like, I'm into it. I'm you love Merlin. It. I really loved Merlin. I liked it. He was so sassy in this book in his own way, where he's just like the he's like the guy behind the screen. Really, yeah. he's like the one pulling all the strings. You know, he's like the he's the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, really, he actually kind of is the Wizard of Oz. Um, I I can't uh, find this book. Uh, <laughs> Abandon the Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I don't um, even think it's a Brendan Fraser movie. I think I'm just stupid. <laughs> Abandon the SS Brendan Fraser. Go ahead. I, I totally forgot what I was. About Were you going to talk say. about a legend that you'd like to see in this? No. No? Okay. Well, is it a legend it was probably of Zelda? just bullshit. Obviously, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> I forgot it. <laughs> well, if it comes back, let us know. Um, I wanted to ask, or I wanted to talk about Merlin's design real quick. He has a sleeveless cloak. Yeah. yeah. And it, it looks like he might have, like, some burnt, like, tattoos or something. Like, just the design of him, he looked like a like a badass old man roadie at like a Metallica show that's that's like backstage like shoveling not shoveling but like throwing the like amps up on stage and shit like that he's like hey you kids ever smoke weed (laughs) (laughs) I like my weed with PCP if you ask me I've been traveling with Metallica for 15 years (laughs) it's like not even that long watch me go start a pit A pit of serpents. Yeah, <laughs> a serpent pit. <laughs> he like lays on the ground, starts slithering around. Sorry, that's uh, Voldemort. It, oh, that is Voldemort. Would you like to see Voldemort <laughs> in Once in Future? Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say? Um, well, I was just gonna talk about how it's crazy that because you were saying that all these stories have been told over and mm-hmm. over. Um, that like Peter how Pan. much of this? <laughs> how much of this lore? Like, Arthurian lore is a part of their actual history. Right, you know? yeah. But in a way, it's not a part of their history because they don't know if it actually fucking happened or not. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy like to think Like Christopher about. Columbus? <laughs> 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 like Abraham Lincoln. I'm just kidding. But, you Was know that what? guy even real? <laughs> You're right. They were all made up by the government. Okay, let's talk about the American-esque <laughs> idea in this book because kenny kind of had a feeling that it didn't mm. feel so british i was about to jump into this too so that was my big 
beef with this book mm-hmm. is that it does they don't they i don't feel like it is it represents a british like yeah feeling very much though a lot of the dialogue a lot of the time i felt was just very american or didn't feel you know i'm not like saying they need to be like cheerio fish and chips you know but there was like things where they were he was he was like hey what's up grand and it was like i just don't feel like that's how they talk necessarily over there you know and you said the writer himself is english so i'm wondering where that that disconnect comes from but you even mentioned something earlier that was an even bigger like oh shit because if i would have noticed that i would have been even more upset yeah duncan's car most cars in fact but duncan's in in particular his driver his driver's side is on the american side oh really yeah Yeah. (laughs) i did not know So now that i think the taxi driver i think is on the correct side yes but i think every everybody else is just american vehicles which might be a thing over there they may just have more american cars but we have european cars over here true but they're few and far between Mm -hmm. i wish there was just maybe a throwaway line after dan mora had drawn the the uh the steering wheel on the wrong side several times that kieran gillen would have just gone in there with a script real quick and just been like yeah me and my american car or something yeah. you know just to, just to <laughs> or like kind someone of... got in and was like why is the wheel over there yeah. you know like anything where <laughs> yeah. it just like drew like drew context but there was just that was the one thing that i really felt like if this whole thing would have been based in iowa it would have made just as much sense how yeah. they were talking and acting and the things they were doing versus yeah. the fact that we were supposed to believe this is happening like in the uk you yeah. know no for sure so that was something i was having a little bit of a struggle bus with as far as feeling um because what did we even mention earlier where that that's where i felt a little detached from it being like uh arthurian you know right. in, in totality you no know? yeah for sure i mean i i i i would argue that you know british people don't write you know oi and like you know uh, you know they're not gonna write the they did put oi oh they did put oi yeah you're right but no i'm just saying like he's not gonna write in a british accent to cater to us i guess but at the same time it's like more british i think he was trying to trying to make it easier to read for all for all um Mm -hmm. because it's funny that you say that because i was when I was reading it, I had to reread a few things. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while, I'd had to reread it like two or three times because I don't know if it was just the jumble of I, car- of text. I kind of agree with you. Or I, I know just, where you're going. You can tell that English, like Americanized English, isn't their first language. Like they're right. trying to speak Grand, more proper, you know, proper English. No, you know? for sure. Grand, I felt like had a real quick jabby way of explaining everything where mm-hmm. there wasn't like like the the normal things that we might start a sentence with with like i'm or you know you or yeah. you know it just kind of jumps into like a portion of the sentence. she's only saying the most important part right. basically yeah. yeah or like just get it over there you know yeah exactly and so it, it was kind of daunting for me whenever i had to read a lot of her endless dialogue where I was just like, huh, I'm I'm having to read her dialogue several times to really understand fully what she's saying to me. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes I was like, I'm I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, and the book does a great job of allowing that to happen with yes. context because everything that may be jarring, like there's so many name drops that everything is eventually through context explained to you. Yeah. Because this is almost happening in parallel like synchronicity with the legends that they're portraying right down to even you know duncan assuming the beowulf role in the second half of this and that's why even though like not understanding who percival was i could still like after just reading through it they Mm -hmm. give you enough explanation through exposition that i'm like okay i understand what that's meant to be at least you know even if i didn't understand the position and 
at initially. Yeah. Can we talk about Duncan assuming the Beowulf role? Yeah, I want to ask real so, quick. So how did Beowulf die? <laughs> so, so he just died by well, the car flipping? The Claymore. They put a Claymore. Oh, and then he, yeah. he was like, and that's like one of my hunter, favorite points, you know? yeah. Because it was very Craven the Hunter in a way where he's <laughs> yeah. like, I am a, the world's great hunter. I'm not going to fall for some dumb trap like this. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, you're not. <laughs> that was fun. Okay, and that was that. very movie cinematic yeah. as yeah, the fact that we got that cool. panel with the bullet right in front of the Claymore and then the explosion. It's like that's really knowing how to like please an audience in that kind of moment. And I was like. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, Al Ewing writing um fucking loki agent of asgard mm-hmm. where old loki goes back in time with a fucking bazooka <laughs> it's just like these yeah. characters that really shouldn't have this kind of artillery just holding it is so funny to me <laughs> oh but it's it, like if hercules had a handgun i'd yeah. fucking laugh my ass off at Dude, that can you imagine if he had like like when loki had um scourge's assault rifles oh yeah dude yeah, yeah like, exactly that's what i'm imagining hercules with yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like I like the idea of Hercules with just like a little snub nose or something. He's like this big old guy with this itty bitty gun. You know? Oh my god! What if Detective Hercules, where he's like hi- trying to hide that he's a, a Nor- or not oh a Norse god. god, but like a Greek god, and so he's like trying to solve crimes in like you know Lower Manhattan or something, and he has a fucking snub nose like thirty eight special or something. He's wearing shit. like a, a suit. He, he gets like the things like trench coat and top hat and or not top hat but like fedora why are we so good at writing marvel comics <laughs> let's do this that sounds like such a badass idea um but yeah anyways yes beowulf back, back to dust dusted <laughs> duncan yeah. assuming the role of beowulf um so they kind of foreshadow what happens to beowulf in the right. poem mm-hmm. so what do y'all think is going to happen to duncan later on in the comics do you think oh. there's a potential for him to die fighting a dragon so what a cool writing exercise you can do with this kieran gillen if you're listening um (laughs) is have the dragon show up but force another character to assume the role of beowulf Mm. so that any character can be any character at any time it's Mm -hmm. all like a huge stage play yeah as long as you know the parts you can perform them and it's almost like something being like a hot potato being tossed up in the air is like who's going to be beowulf when this shit hits the fan exactly destroy him you know right i think that that is a fucking cool idea going mm-hmm. forward because then they can introduce more legend, more lore, and force more characters to become these things. Or what would even be fucking awesome is like force a character like Beowulf or, or whoever to then become like Percival or another character of right. legend. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to be each other. Like what if Merlin eventually becomes both Arthur and Merlin since Arthur is such a fucking zombie. And right that's now. what he's like. His whole big game is, is yeah. he's attempting to become Arthur, not even just like please him or right. like become his, make him his king again. Or what if, um, because he met Merlin, and this is like we were talking about earlier, this is like he's meeting Merlin for the first time because he kind of got rewritten. Yeah. What if he remakes his original circle, including Lancelot? Oh. So. Like like it's starting over. Yeah. With him starting from one and with the trusted Lancelot, you know, pre-Galahad and all that. That would be fucking sick. I, the, the potential for this book is endless. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. I was afraid that this book was only going to be like 24 issues in total. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that this book seems to be picking up a lot of steam with a lot of people. It's it's kind of growing its own fandom. And that was smart of them to like do the Beowulf arc because so, it literally allowed them to basically be like, we can do this with whatever the fuck we want now. Yeah, we can right. pull any book off the shelf and be like, here you go it's in yep. the story now and it we can't fight it because it's something that they set yeah. up as a consistency exactly. so early on you know it's not like something they're trying to drop on you 
36 issues in and be like, oh, now let's pull Beowulf off the <laughs> shelf because we've run out of shit to do with Arthur and them. Yeah. And I like that they set it up early on because it, it you need to do that. You need to open those doors or at least crack them open yeah. early on or else it's just kind of like something you are forced to accept later right. on down no, the line, sure. you know? That's a very good point. I, I, I do parade that book for or this book for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because... Uh, this book could definitely be like an invincible type thing where it goes on for 144 issues. I could see this going yeah. on for that long and I could see Grand kicking it with, with Duncan all the way to the very bitter end Absolutely. that we might possibly get, you know? I agree. So I, 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 I love this book. I think it's, it's very worth reading. I think we could get, I thoroughly enjoy you know, it, a whole, yeah. uh, you know, a whole arc of just Grand, you know, we, yeah. yeah, they could do a backstory for Young, you yeah. know, yeah. they could do Young Grand, we could get a whole oh, story dude, arc. They of, should call it Young Grand. We, you know, <laughs> A young grandma. <laughs> young grand. That's what everyone calls her in the book for some reason. That's like my what I your used rapper to say, name. My rapper name was going to be Young Grandpa because I, I felt like they didn't like they show Rose's power, but they, I feel like they didn't like highlight kind of how cool it really is when the fact that she can kind of just like toss pins in it's the air and they, yeah, yeah, and they all like land in a spot of like where the highest like I guess energy level of disturbance where, was. Where like other world is kind of like breaking yeah. into ours or whatever. And I was like, that's so cool. And so I feel like that's something they could expand on where you know she. That she could become something greater than that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, through that power sure. set. So I think both those characters have a ton of potential to where they could just be like, you know, fuck Duncan, he's trapped in another world right now, and we we can't even write him. So now let's write these ladies for a while. I Strong see, female characters. Good I job, guys. See, uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. I want to see young Gran and young Gramp go up against uh, Dracula in like a flashback story. That sounds Ooh, sounds sick. pretty sick. <laughs> Uh, Kieran, uh, I'll send you an email. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll slide you a link. <laughs> um, so do you guys have any closing remarks about this book? I'm, uh, we can keep going. Oh, um, because you were talking about strong female characters, um, there's actually an anime <laughs> called, uh, Fate's Day and they have like several iterations, but they bring back like legendary heroes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And one of the people they bring back is Arthur Pendragon. But oh. it's not a male, it's a woman. Her name's Arturia Pendragon. Mm. And she masqueraded as a male back then so people would take her serious. But she's So it's the almost king like Joan of Arc mixed with exactly. or like Mulan or something. And she's fucking badass. I think you've told me about this book or this anime mm-hmm. because yeah. it isn't Aladdin in it. No, that's no. Moggy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> also, a really good anime if anybody wants to no, watch but it. It's, it's, on it's kind of like <laughs> this where it's mm-hmm. open to letting a lot of different lore and shit. Yeah. Exactly. They have that character. Yeah, they had exa- Alexander the Great. Oh, yeah. Um, they actually did have Lancelot as we well. We can have Alexander the Great in this very easily. Dude, that would be badass. Yeah. Um, do you, Let's talk about the idea of adaptation. Mm-hmm. Easy. You think wh- how so? Like, well, what? they've already got their Duncan right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy so, casting. So, would you want this to be if if you were in charge of adapting this? What format would you try to do? A movie, TV show, animated? What what, what are you looking at? I, th- I mean, I think a TV show is probably the best medium for it, and I think because yeah. I think it could be it could do fine if the gore was turned down. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah, no, need the sure. violence as graphic as it is in the comic, which is it doesn't do the comic any book thing wrong. It's just one of those things that I don't think drives it so heavy that it wouldn't be tv appropriate you know without it that's fair um 
But I think it could be nicely because you said yourself, each two comics almost feel like a full episode. And that would be so easy for them to do because it really is like flush out little individual stories that all fit together to be like one run, run, longing, run, one long running thing. Yeah. Um, but these characters would be so great to see on screen. I could, I would love to have Grand busting Duncan's balls with a sh- uh, gun behind him, you know, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And I think exactly that. Even in a medium where the, she was a shotgun between her legs while they're driving would be even more just yeah. kind of intimidating. You know, there's like ways that they could do the median even grander on mm-hmm. screen that would just like really drive it home and make it fun. I think this could be a f- like a both a fun and intense series. Didn't you watch Lovecraft Country? I, I did not. I didn't okay. really care for it. Neither did I. I um, but my point being is, I feel like this with could a budget be, like that. Yeah, with a budget like that, or but this could be very much like that, which that show is essentially kind of like monster hunting in the Midwest or in the Middle East. The... One word, and aliens. Y'all will understand. <laughs> Cowboys. Supernatural. Danger. No, the, you you fucked me up. The TV show. That's what this comic <laughs> reminds me of. Really? Yes. Okay. And so I could definitely see see it in TV but you, format. You would want it with a better budget. Oh hell yeah! Okay, yeah. <laughs> a much better budget. Okay. okay. Um, and I I've nothing wrong with Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles in Supernatural, but mm-hmm. better actors. Okay, yeah. that's fair. You know, um, I I would like them to give Rose a bigger part. Yeah. I yes. can only assume that she will, will get a bigger part but as she the would be comic the goes Bobby. on. You know, Supernatural's Bobby. Sorry. I watched all of that show, so I know a lot about To me, you're just saying world. nothing. Yeah, you're <laughs> saying absolutely nothing. I hope we got some new they, Supernatural fans out yeah. there. <laughs> they know what I'm talking about, okay? That's all that matters. He, she's like Bobby, guys. <laughs> um, no, yeah, she's I mean... She's his Bobby. I think a TV show would be great. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I want to now shift this back to Beowulf. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't really talk about all of Beowulf and everything that the second half really entitles or has. Entails. I love that entails. he's on fire. Yeah, Beowulf's design is fucking sick. He looks like, um, I don't know. He just looks. He made me think of Craven the Hunter. I'm not gonna lie. Like yeah. a lot of the scenes, I got very Craven vibes, but in like the best kind of way. You know yeah, what I mean? No, Which sure. is just like this very just like animalistic yeah. force to be reckoned with of a man you know just like i was gonna say i really love um how they explain why he's where why he's covered in fire oh they're yeah just like they're just like oh yeah he died um, from, a dragon. from fighting a dragon <laughs> he's on fire now like, that's why he was on fire <laughs> yeah oh shit that makes so much sense uh, <laughs> um i think he <laughs> there's a part where he says uh my fists are like hammers oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then grand's like i hear his fists it's are like, like hammers. be careful yeah. his fists are like hammers <laughs> There was a couple of times where I bust out laughing at this book. In her, specifically. Yeah, I, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you had mentioned it off cast uh, about like how well they did expressions and stuff. Like that that part where he's he's waiting on the Uber driver. (laughs) There's a a few times where Duncan is making like the most terrified face, but I've never seen it more terrified than when he's trying to get to the nursing home and the Uber ride cancels on him. (laughs) And so just bing, and he looks at it and he's all, <laughs> I love so I love when <laughs> when he's like asking the taxi driver to take him yeah. and the taxi driver's like I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> and he like thinks about it about Grant and he pulls the gun and he's like it's 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 going to you got to take me. Yeah. Like, he's like he's like I'm starting to learn how to do it like yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um speaking of just the name Duncan. Uh-huh. Um when I was little <laughs> Oh, interesting. Yeah, when I was little 
Um, you were little my mom, once. I actually no, I'm lying. <laughs> but my mom, <laughs> my mom is is a huge fan of the Spurs, right? And Duncan, yeah, and Tim Duncan. <laughs> You're getting flipped Tim- to the page. <laughs> Can you do that face Timothy real quick? Timothy Duncan. Oh my God. It's Duncan. It's, he's here. He's here. <laughs> yeah. You see the bottom row but, real well. But uh, when anyway, I was go little, on. I thought Tim Duncan's name was Tim Duncan because he was just always fucking dunking on foods. <laughs> yeah. Dunking them nuts. Yeah. I thought, he, I thought he was dunking on all the other basketball uh, players. I can't believe they never got him to be a Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> representative. <laughs> like, hey, I'm Tim Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> what if they changed their, their name to Dunkin' Donuts? They they did, yeah. <laughs> now they're just called Duncan, actually. <laughs> um, no, yeah. My mom would always say that, where she's like, they never give the Spurs any like good recognition outside of San Antonio, and they never talk about how Tim Duncan's name is so funnily named Duncan. Yeah, so you know? perfect for the game he plays. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, he never really dunked ever. <laughs> yeah, I know. But when I was a child, I was. I was like, Duncan, because he dunks a lot. Yeah. Obviously, that's his name. And then Shaq, because he's... Because um, he can't make a free throw. Because he's can't make a free throw. Because he's no whack. <laughs> oh, Gotti. Gotti. Got him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, Once in Future is fucking dope. I recommend this to everybody, for sure. You like it's, some medieval-ass shit? Read it. It's uh, extremely digest- digestible. And if if you just want to look at something beautiful, mm-hmm. you could just look at the pages because the artwork is amazing. Like I was saying before, the fucking color just everything pops. Everything is gorgeous for sure. So we I, should I, I end really up doing uh, Claus, which is his book, D- Dan Moore's book with uh, Grant Morrison with have, Santana Claus. Need, yeah, with we Santana. Need to, we need to follow the Bond villain's career. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Uh, tomorrow has, she's she's which Bond villain is, is it like Goldeneye? <laughs> yeah. it, it, Goldeneye wasn't a Bond villain. I, I, think. I know I'm saying from Goldeneye. <laughs> Skyfall Bond villain? <laughs> Casino Wait, Royale. The, who, which who had, one? Who had the golden eye? Who had the golden eye? Um, James China. James. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, guys. <laughs> that, that was Once in Future. Yeah, come back next week. We're actually going to be talking about the Immortal Hulk mm-hmm. issues one through twelve. Uh, I, changed I didn't it. know that. I'm excited. Yeah, I changed it. up the schedule on Paul Damien. He had no clue. Um, so yeah, next week we're going to be doing Al Ewing and Joe Bennett's Immortal Hulk. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, well, I can't wait for that. It's gonna yeah. be a, a Hulk of an event. <laughs> so we'll uh, see y'all then, or we'll see you on another time. Bye guys. Bye. Oh, I did the fucking cliche again. On the- there it is. Bye guys. Get out of here.